up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackle. It is Tuesday, July 21st. Rookies. We have rookies. Rookies are officially reporting today. And the NFL making big strides towards getting this thing started on time. So uh, exciting right there. Uh, I'll update that in just a second. Also on the show today, we're going to talk a little two-quarterback slash superflex strategy for me, they're one and the same. I don't I don't change my strategy if it's super flex or if it is two quarterback. But uh, I want to break that down. Use some observations from the Scott Fishbowl draft to help us out on that front. And hey, I know it is becoming a more popular format. Sometimes we talk about things as, as if they're growing. People Every year, people are like, IDP is growing. Mm, it isn't, unfortunately. Hey, I love you IDP people. You know I love you. But it isn't growing. It stayed about the same. About 5% of all fantasy leagues are going to include individual defensive players in some way, shape, or form. Um, never really gets beyond that point. And that's fine. It's, it's, it's a niche area of fantasy football, right? And that's fine. And, and I know IDP people are very passionate, and you do you. Whereas with two quarterback, sort of the the growth of it has actually been fostered by the NFL itself. As the league has become more pass happy, one quarterback leagues, we've seen, you know, the weight at quarterback, late round quarterback. It isn't even just an industry thing anymore. It's a home league thing. So the way to negate that to, you know, bump up the value of quarterbacks relative to the rest of the positions is to start two of them. So uh, anyway, we'll get into that. Uh, In just a little bit, before I dive into the news as well, I want to remind you, FTNFantasy.com is where you get my draft board. A lot of people are asking about that. Where do we find this draft board? FTNFantasy.com. That is my one sheet where I break things down into an entire board that literally you show up at your draft with that thing. You will not get sniped. Sniping should never happen. There should always be another man up on that draft board of yours. And this will help you out on that front. It is in the Fantasy Football Game Plan. That is my Draft Guide magazine. We just updated it yesterday. We'll do two more updates before the end of Fantasy Draft season. So unlike magazines, which already have gotten a little stale uh, because, you know, new information changes things, right? Unlike that, you're going to be drafting with fresh information with the game plan. FTNFantasy.com, of course, you want DFS, FTNDaily.com, and if you want betting, FTNBets.com. Dot com. Uh, so let's get into some of this news. And I, I mean, really, I, I'm not going to talk about players. I, I want to talk about the league itself. And I think the two big talking points today, first and foremost, I, I'm really surprised the NFL did this, but they have officially accepted the Players Association demand of zero preseason games. This was a back and forth. <laughs> the, the Players Association was very clear on this. They did not want preseason games. Uh, the NFL came with the initial proposal of two games, and the Players Association was like, nah, <laughs> nah, zero. The NFL's like, all right, how about one? And the Players Association was like, nah, <laughs> zero. So the NFL did it. Uh, they did This news broke last night. Uh, a lot of the, the NFL insiders, Adam Schefter, talking about it, et cetera, on uh, social media. And, I mean, part of me is a little sad about this, I will be honest. And I know maybe you're on the side of the fence that the preseason sucks or whatever, that, you know, that mindset, oh, preseason, it doesn't matter anyway. Well, it does matter. It does matter for the guys who are on the fringe of a 53-man roster. It matters for the guys who 
aren't even on the fringe, and this is the only time they'll ever really get on an NFL field. There's a lot at stake there. There are a lot of guys who are good at football who just will not make the NFL. You know, that's just part of it. You have to be really freaking good to make the NFL. And and they're not going to get that chance this year. Now, I'm sure, I'm assuming there's going to have to be scrimmages and things like that because they can't just do, uh, you know, they, they can't evaluate these guys uh, just with the team itself. I, I think you need at least something, you know, at least, you know, some scrimmages for that to happen because the coaches aren't going to be happy about this. I know. Uh, it also is going to give them an opportunity to work some things out uh, on the offense itself. I mean, they don't, you know, they totally don't show their hand in the preseason, but uh, coaches are always tinkering with things, of course. It, it's disappointing as well because we're, we won't get preseason DFS this year. You know, we'll get that in 2021. We'll see what this does, too, by the way, because when you change rules, there is a lasting impact. Now, obviously, in this instance, I don't expect this to last, that, that, that there's no preseason. But is this the door opening to three preseason games instead of four? I mean, a Hall of Fame game will still be there. I, I don't see the Hall of Fame getting getting rid of that. But is this uh, the opening? Potentially. It could be. We don't know. I really. We don't even know if uh, we'll have the pandemic under control for the 2021 season. But as of now, what I what I can say is, as disappointing as I might be that there's no preseason, you might be ecstatic about that. I am ecstatic because this is a huge step forward to making sure these guys actually get on the field. And hopefully the NFL has uh, a lot of plans in place to keep them safe in the process because there's a lot more at stake here. Uh, than than just these guys playing football. Of course, their their health is uh, obviously of utmost importance. And um, the NFL and the NFL Players Association also did agree on testing protocols. So they're going to be tested for COVID daily for the at least the first two weeks of training camp. So what we have seen, uh, baseball has had. A lot of success on this front. You know, obviously baseball opening up this week. Thursday, there are two games. And then, of course, Friday is really the big day. 11 games on Friday for baseball. But heading into this, you know, you have, I think the last I saw was something over 5,000 tests. And I think five players and one coach have tested positive over that span. NBA has had a lot of success. Now, obviously, NBA is in their uh, Disney bubble. Uh, down there, but they've had a lot of success with the testing. So hopefully the NFL, who would have thought that, that I'm saying the NFL could follow Major League Baseball's lead on this, but hopefully the NFL can follow baseball's lead and, you know, get these guys on the field, keep them safe, keep them healthy, then we can have some football. So that's where we are. Obviously, there's been a lot of moving parts. There was a movement among the players over the weekend on uh, social media, the hashtag we want to play, where a number of players chimed in and said, you know, essentially that much. We want to play, but we want to be safe. So NFL, what are you doing to make sure that we're safe? Does sound like they're taking steps in the right direction. Still a lot of moving parts, though. Stay tuned. Uh, I am recording this early on Tuesday morning, so I technically don't know if any rookies have reported yet, but obviously we'll update that on tomorrow's podcast. So let's get into a little bit of two quarterback super flex talk. And 
I do. I'm a I'm a firm advocate of playing a variety of types of leagues. It makes things more interesting, spices things up for sure, but it also keeps you thinking about the game in different ways. If you're just in a whole bunch of vanilla leagues, one quarterback league, two running back, two receiver, one flex, one tight end, one defense, one kicker, you're in a bunch of those. It, it gets boring very quickly. You know, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And I don't mind doing a league like that. Of course, I would advocate for three wide receivers to not devalue the position. But that's sort of the vanilla format. I think you can spice things up by maybe add IDP like I talked about earlier. IDP is not for everybody, though. I get that. Um, Maybe you do a a points-only type league. I've done many of those, or a, or an all-play. There's sort of variations of the same thing. All-play, you play everybody every week. And then, you know, the team with the most wins, and you end up with a lot of wins and losses, right? But the team with the most wins then, and you could structure playoffs that way, so the top four, whatever, get in, in terms of wins. Or I always like doing, if you're in a 12-teamer and four make the playoffs, you go... Or if it's six, either way, you go the top record. So if it's four, you go three teams. The top three teams make it on record. And then the remaining team in is the remaining team with the most points scored. That gets that little luck factor that that team was on the wrong side of. Now they get in because they're obviously a good team if they're putting up a lot of points. And for six teams, maybe you go five on record. Uh, one on points or you go four on record and two on points it, it spices it up a little bit anyway in that all play you would still have a playoffs whereas a points only you don't have a playoffs it literally is the team that scores the most points after 16 weeks of the season is the winner I'm in a league like that uh, I've been in a couple of these over the years it's definitely very different you definitely will see uh, teams get out to leads but that that lead doesn't always stick by the way just because you're out to a lead after the first eight weeks doesn't mean you're there at, at week 16. I've seen that a number of times over the years because, remember, it is about working the wire as well. So adding that in, adding a two-quarterback league in or a super flex league, I prefer, if I'm in a, a true two-quarterback league, I prefer it to be 10 teams, to be honest with you, because uh, 12 teams, that means that there are, there are obviously multiple teams. There's four teams in that league who are not going to get a third quarterback who's a starter. So at least if you're going to open that door, do it in a 10-team league, that way you kind of get your feet wet. I don't mind doing 12-teamers with two quarterbacks, but the more teams you have, the trickier it gets. So 12-team is probably better suited to a super flex. But as I said, I'm going to treat a super flex in the exact same way as I treat a two-quarterback. Because... Really, if you're not putting a quarterback in that super flex spot, you're in a lot of instances going to be at a disadvantage. Unless you're somehow unbelievably stacked at like running back or something along those lines, you're almost always going to be at a disadvantage. So you're still looking to draft three quarterbacks. And I think that the draft strategy for a lot of people in two quarterback and super flex is a little bit of not necessarily a mystery per se, but uh, it, it's something that not enough people know about as we're getting more into this era where a lot more people are using it. I do think that should certainly change, though. So I like I always like to pull back the curtain and tell you what I'm doing, what I've found success with. It's always been the mystery for me. It was, you know, before I was in the industry, before I was talking to a lot of other people who are, you know, drafting a ton. You know, what are you doing? Here's what I'm doing and comparing notes. 
I didn't know back in the day. You know, back in like 2003, I didn't know what other people were doing. I just knew what I was doing. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. <laughs> you know, sometimes it didn't. It certainly didn't. But um, here's what I'm doing. Here's what, what works for me in, in a two quarterback or super flex league. And I'll tell you a little bit about how things went in the Scott Fishbowl draft, which Scott Fishbowl is a little different from a scoring perspective because there are factors like you you lose points for sacks there's uh incompletion and completions that are factored in it's kind of like fantasy basketball scoring with shots and missed shots made shots and missed shots um or attempted shots it's it's a little bit like that if you've played fantasy basketball and had those scoring settings but um I don't, I'm not really worried about the scoring settings. I think sometimes people focus too much on the scoring settings when really you can distill most leagues down to certain formats. In Scott Fishbowl as well, it is um, it's point, half point per first down for uh, rushing first down and receiving first down. But I, I still think you know people, oh, well, I have these long bonuses. Yeah, the long bonuses rare, rarely happen, so don't really worry about that. Or I have all these unique little things. Really, you could distill your scoring system down to either like half-point PPR, PPR. I basically distilled Scott Fishbowl down to a PPR. Like I'm not overly concerned with the point-per-first-down aspect because – or half point per first down because in some ways with me for me that is going to go hand in glove with PPR. So the simpler the better in a lot of instances when people overcomplicate things they tend to uh make their job a lot more difficult and we shouldn't make drafting more difficult than it needs to be. And so in in this I'm treating it as essentially a two quarterback PPR. Pretty simple, right? And by the way, even if it's a 6 point per passing touchdown I'm still going to treat it exactly the same because that six points applies to every quarterback. It it may change my quarterback rankings where you bump up guys like Mahomes is is ahead of Lamar in a six point for me, but it doesn't change where I'm drafting quarterbacks overall. So in this league, as you can imagine, Lamar and Mahomes were very coveted. They went very early. Lamar goes three, Mahomes goes five. The question first and foremost is, do you need these guys to be successful in this type of format? And I don't think you do. I really don't think you do. I don't think you need to to, to spend a first-round pick in a two-quarterback league. And I think that's the instant reaction for a lot of people when they go to Superflex or two-quarterback for the first time. They think, oh my God, I have to get the top quarterback. It's, it, it's actually a similar mistake that I see people make with IDP. They go into IDP and they're like, oh, I got to get the top linebacker. I have to get the top, well, maybe the top defensive line, but that's a different debate. That's a different story for another time. But you don't need the top linebacker to to win an IDP, that's for sure. And you don't need the top quarterback to win in a two-quarterback league or the top two quarterbacks. You don't need a first-round pick at quarterback. In fact, I would argue that with people doing that, it allows you to do uh, some interesting things at the other positions. You know, you're going to have, and really primarily running back and wide receiver. My goal is certainly to fade quarterback in round one. I don't even care, you know, even if I'm in the late round and somehow Lamar's still there, which he's not going to be, I'm still probably going to fade him. I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but I'm still probably going to fade him because I still like where I'm going to be able to get uh, quarterbacks in this draft when I, when I use the strategy I like to deploy. So... 
how this draft ends up going is uh, Lamar, Mahomes, Russell. Russell's a little bit more valuable in this format, so don't worry about who was picked. Just worry about where they were picked. Russell went 1-6. Next quarterback comes off the board at 112. So there are four quarterbacks in the first round. That's about what I expected. In a two-quarterback league, in a super flex league, that's about what I expect. Uh, we have four more come off the board in the second round. Now, here's where the little wrinkle came into play that sort of changed my perspective. So when I saw that, I was in the late third, and no quarterbacks went in the late late third. So I like to break the seal on quarterback when about tw- 10 to 12 quarterbacks come off the board. That's when I want to look to draft my first quarterback. When I was up in round three, we weren't at that point. And, and that's exactly what I expected to see, by the way. Usually, I think, you know, when I'm up, if I'm up in the later part of round three, which is where, where I was, uh, I'm expecting to see probably 10 off the board. And I'm okay there because I'm really looking more towards 12. If there are 12 off the board already, then maybe I look to the position. Uh, but fortunately, no, there were eight off the board. That's about it's almost precisely what I expected. And I was able to wait until round four. So in this league, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll show you how I, I essentially drafted the first three rounds. So I was at pick 10, 110. I went to Vontae Adams, then Derrick Henry in round two. I was happy about that. And then at 310, I wanted to get another running back. Uh, I figured there was going to be value on the board at wideout, and there was. So I ended up getting Todd Gurley there. I don't love Todd Gurley, but in the late third, I'll take him. So I have my my little core, my trio. I have one wideout who could very well, you know, he's going to be in the hunt to be the number one fantasy wideout. I have uh, two other, you know, two solid running backs, one top 15 and then one definitely top 10 uh, for me close to top five in Derrick Henry. So that allows me now to look at quarterback. And in round four, I'm almost always going to be looking at quarterback in a super flex. If for some strange reason it's round four and only six or seven quarterbacks have been drafted, I will wait until round five because I know that I'm still going to be able to get a guy between 10 and 20 in my rankings in round five and probably another one after that. But here... Uh, we did have another quarterback go right before me, literally the pick before me. So we're sitting here. There's nine off the board. I'm willing to be the 10th off the board since I'm at 4-3, and there are a lot of picks until I'm up again. So I go with Tom Brady in this spot. Uh, Tom Brady for me is is like <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of exposure to him in super flex leagues because he's that high floor and potentially reasonably high ceiling guy that is just so optimal in a two quarterback league. So I didn't you didn't have to draft a quarterback in the first three rounds. You can still get a guy with, you know, really a lot of fantasy appeal here. And you don't need that rock star to anchor your roster. Now, in most super flex leagues, my plan would then be when I'm up at 510 to go right back to the position and draft it again. But something interesting happened in this draft. I'm up, next quarterback comes off the board at 4-12, then 5-5. Now I'm up again. So now at this point, only 12 quarterbacks have been drafted when I'm up at 5-10. When I look down at the board, this is where the board will tell you things. I say, oh, wow, I have at least, because I want to get two top 20 guys. So I have at least, at least 
eight quarterbacks here. I have a buffer zone. I can de- I'm there that many quarterbacks are not going to come off the board before my next pick, so I don't have to draft a quarterback right now. And uh what ended up happening is only one quarterback was drafted in between me. So again, I look down and I'm I'm thinking I don't have to draft a quarterback in round 6. Now, if there were more quarterbacks off the board, I almost always am looking to get uh, those two knocked out between rounds four and six. This draft let me not have to do that. So uh, one quarterback taken in round six. Then the run finally starts in uh, round seven. There were four taken in round seven. And what's interesting is I played with fire. I didn't take one at the end of round seven. I played with fire, and I was still able to let it come back to me because you know what I did is I looked at everybody drafting in between me uh, in ra- for, be- be- between round seven and eight. The two remaining teams, uh, they, they already had two quarterbacks, so I, I figured they probably aren't going to draft their third. There was two guys on the board who I would have considered in that range, um, maybe three, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, and Ryan Tannehill, and I took Cam Newton in the eighth round. Uh, most drafts, I'm happy to take Cam Newton in the fifth or sixth round, honestly, in a two-quarterback Superflex League. So I felt very good about that. It was not the plan I would ordinarily have executed in this format, right? I, I certainly would have typically executed fourth round, fifth round, or fourth round, sixth round, or fifth round, sixth round. And I would have got, got two quarterbacks, knocked it out, and then that would have been that. That didn't play out here. Uh, I was still able to get a guy who I liked, and... I was going to leave it at that, right? Now, if let's say ordinarily, though, I do that fourth, fifth round or fourth, sixth round approach because it's almost always first quarterback in the fourth round for me. Fourth, fifth, fourth, sixth. When do you draft the third quarterback? And that is, you know, that's another one where you really have to let the board tell you uh, where you sit. So the number I'm looking at, and you have to keep track of this during the draft. I'm looking at when do 24 quarterbacks come off the board? Because really in that that next range there, so you're talking, you could go from 25 to 32, or you could even go a little deeper. I think this year you really could go 25 to 34 because you include Tua and and Herbert in that remaining mix. And and it's really where do you want to where do you want to draft? Do you want to draft sort of at the top end of that tier or the bottom end of that tier? Now, I will say there are guys in that tier who I am just simply not going to be looking at. I'm not going to be looking at Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not going to be looking at Phillip Rivers. Uh, some people are including Terod Taylor in there. I'm not including him in that tier because uh, you really have Herbert almost ahead of him. I'm really not looking at Foles or Trubisky. So it really boils down to... Uh, guys like Gardner Minshew, guys like Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, even Haskins, maybe, uh, possibly, and then the two rookies. And I want to get one of those guys. I want to get one of those guys. If I absolutely completely whiffed on all of that, by the way, somehow fell asleep at the wheel and whiffed it all on all of that, I I probably would just grab Jameis, you know, because I'm going for like highest possible ceiling. But anyway, um, So 24 come off the board. I actually, in this league, wanted to be at the top end of that tier. And in round uh, nine, I saw Teddy go. There were still, you know, so really the top end of that tier for me are like Minshew and Darnold and Locke. So Teddy went 
And I really wasn't worried about that. Nobody else went before my pick in round 10, so I I didn't go quarterback. But then at 10-1 in between my picks, Gardner Minshew came off the board. So I said, okay, I'm not going to wait. It's a long time before it comes back to me in round 11. And I ended up taking Sam Darnold there. So picked my spot, took the third quarterback in round 10. This is something, by the way, that I have learned my lesson on. Over the years, there have been times where I've waited way too long. And then I end up in that scenario where like, oh crap, I have to take Jameis. So don't fall asleep at the wheel. And the key key points, first quarterback, really you should be looking at when do 10 to 12 quarterbacks come off the board in almost every super flex draft. And I'm telling you, almost every one of them, it's going to be the first three rounds so you can draft in round four. Even in your home leagues, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. So round four, then round five, typically because they come back around maybe round six. In this one, the board let me not have to take that strategy, and sometimes that may play out. Be prepared to adjust to the board. If there are more quarterbacks on the board and the board is letting you uh, wait at that position, and really for me, I was like, okay, I can get the bottom end of that tier for me in Cam Newton. I'm happy to do that. But then the next key point is you want to get three, Ideally, three starters, but you could get one of the two rookies who likely will be a starter down the line because you won't need them in the first month of the season anyway because there are no buys. But once 24 come off the board, keep track of it. And when 24 are off the board, then you need to address the position. I like to address it with upside. If I'm going somewhat safer with the other guys, not that Newton's very safe, but I am typically going more safer with the other two, with my starters. I really want to hit swing for the fences and try and hit a home run with the third one. So, you know, I did it with Darnold here. I think Minshew certainly represents that. So does Drew Locke. So does uh, Haskins a little bit, like I mentioned, and so do the two rookies. There you go. Two quarterback, super flex strategy. Uh, in a nutshell, and and I think you can really dominate with this strategy. You can really put together a nice team, not only at quarterback, but really, more importantly, at the skill position, uh, non-quarterback skill position guys. So anyway, if you have questions about any of this stuff at any point, of course, you can always hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe, and on Instagram, at Jeff Radcliffe. Hashtag Rat Pack. I uh, appreciate everybody who has been reviewing the show as well. Remember, it's super easy to do. If you have an iPhone, just open up the podcast app, go to my podcast page, The Rant, scroll to the bottom, click the stars. Really helps me out. Rate and review the show. Get that show, get the word out about this show, and it helps me do more of these because I don't plan on going anywhere. Also, go check out, please go check out FTNFantasy.com for my draft board for the fantasy football game plan for all the goods at the site ftndaily.com ftnbets.com as well all right i'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod i'm jeff ratcliffe and i'm out of here